the Lord told me, pay attention. And I don't know why the Lord is saying that metaphorically. I don't know if he's saying it very practically. I don't know if it's a warning. I don't know if it's an invitation. I just know that the Lord is saying, pay attention. Because maybe for you, it's not the looming house fire that's underneath your, your flooring, but maybe there's something else in your life that the Lord is like, pay attention. There's something I need you to see. There's something I need you to connect with. There's something that I need your heart to be connected to your body. There's something that I need you to be fully engaged with in your life. Today's broadcast is for the one becoming fiercely present. As you heard, today's broadcast is for the one becoming fiercely present. You could probably also add to that the one who wants to become fiercely present. And maybe it's just a hope, right, for 2024 that you're like, okay, Lord, you know, I want to show up differently. I want this year to be a breath of fresh air in my life. I don't know what your other hopes are, but I feel like this is, yeah, like this is a a move of God. Like there, there is something on this message that is profoundly powerful for us. I may cry in this episode. I'm probably going to get a little spicy. I pray that you enjoy it, that you come along with the ride. And, um, yeah, if you're new here, I'm Laura. It's so great to meet you. It's so great to, to have access to your heart and to your time. I just, I take that as such an incredible honor. So, I'm Laura. I'm the host. I'm a wife, a mom of Hudson. I'm founder of Ruat and Ember Women's Ministry. I've written devotionals. I've spoken. We've done a lot of fun things in the journey here at the Dudak House. So if you're new, would you sit, would you stop by and say hi? Would you go, would you direct message me? You can write a review if you want to. You can email me at for the one at lauradudak.com. But I would just love to hear your story. And I'm so honored that you're here. And for all the returning ladies, are you ready for 2024? This is going to be an incredible year. You know, we've talked in the podcast about these words that I feel are extra weighty. And we've we talked a couple years ago about a couple years. Wow, what decade am I in right now? A couple months feels like years ago about waking up. I think it was because I was in the ner- newborn phase. My son is now 19 months and he was in the newborn phase, which you feel like that's eons ago. So I'm there. So there's grace. So years ago, aka a couple months ago, um, the word was wake up was, you know, let's wake up from our slumber. Let's get our lives back. Let's um, wake up to the things of God. And then it was moving into unleashed. It was this, this move of um, actually doing the things that God had called us to do, that we would be unleashed in our purposes, unleashed, um, seeing the power of God through our lives and through our gifts and our anointings. And now I feel like there's a specific word for this year that will not let up. And I want to tell a crazy story and then we're going to go to some places that I, I know are rocking me. And this episode is, is for the one becoming fiercely present. And so if you want to become fiercely present, obviously it means you don't feel 
like you're fiercely present. And this phrase keeps coming to me that there's a woman who, who feels like her days are living her instead of her living her days. You're, you're living life and you're doing a lot. Like you're not apathetic. You're not lazy. You're doing a ton. But there's this frenzy that you feel like you're living in. And ultimately, it was this phrase that, that hit me of, yeah, you've been super engaged with your life. You've been doing all the things. But you haven't been paying attention. You've been engaged with your whole life, with your kids, with your spouse, with your schedule, with your work, with your church. But you haven't really been paying attention. And there's this feeling that you're having right now of high anxiety and this stimulation. It's almost like the busy buzz when you're so busy that your, your body just buzzes from all the activity and, and you, your body and your head hit the pillow at night. And it's like you, you feel like your body and your mind just ran a marathon. You did a million things throughout the day, but then your heart and your, your soul got left in bed that morning. And so your heart and your, your soul are trying to connect to your body again because they feel wildly disconnected. I don't know if you've been there before where you hit the bed and you're like your body is still buzzing from all the activity and you feel like your your brain is running a million miles a minute. And yet you feel like there's this almost of almost feeling connected to yourself, almost feeling like you know what's going on inside of you, like you could almost feel the weightiness of the season. You could feel the meaning of that day. And then all of a sudden you fall asleep and you start all over again. And there's just this roundabout, this rumination of my days are living me and I'm not intentionally living my days. I feel like 2024 is the year of closing that gap. It's the year of closing the gap between our heart and our soul and our body and our mind. That they would actually be one. I think about that scripture even, I think Ephesians 2, 6, where it says that we are seated in heavenly places with Jesus. And there's this profound realization that our spirits sit in heaven with Jesus. And yet we have access 24-7 to the throne room, to the depths of the throne room of God. But we don't actually tap into it because we're so busy, because we're so chaotic because we're so packed that we don't think that we have access to heavenly places. And our spirit is like detached from our mind. It's detached from our heart. It's detached from our body. You know, there's a lot of activity. There's a lot of women right now and men too. You know, there's, there's a lot of men that I know of in the same predicament and maybe you're here that there's a lot of activity in your life. There's friends that you need to hang out with. There's a church that needs to be served. There's kids that need meals. There's a, a work that needs to be taken care of. You have a flurry of activity, but for the most part, you feel like you've been living completely unaware. Like there's a part of you that's disconnected from it all. And I think as a whole, you and I, 
we haven't paid attention to what Jesus is actually whispering to us. Like, I feel like there's things that you've been sensing from him for maybe a couple months, a couple weeks, a couple days, and you just haven't given it bandwidth. It's like, you know that you have to go think about that. You know that you have to press into that and you just haven't. I know that for us, there's, our bodies are crying out to us that they're tired. Our bodies are saying, don't do, don't do another thing. Please don't pick up another thing. Please just stop. Please just rest. Please don't pick up that extra service. Please just sit here a while. And we're not paying attention. Our marriages and our friendships are telling us that they need attention. And we've just chosen to put it elsewhere. Our mental health is showing us that we're not okay. That we're on the verge of a breakdown. That we're on the verge of burnout. And it's like we haven't valued it enough where we've said, no, that really matters to take care of. This year, 2024, is the year of attention. I don't know what that means. I have honestly no clue. I could not tell you what the end of this month looks like. <laughs> we are in a season of just sand going through the fingers. That's my my life right now. And so I don't know what this means. I don't know what the Lord has for us, but all I know is that there is something, there is the Holy Spirit on this word. It is weighty for us to start giving attention to our lives. I know that a huge piece of it is actually putting the pieces together, right? That our, our, we would be paying attention in the fact that our hearts and our souls would finally be connected to our bodies and our minds. And I'm telling you, this is an active practice. It's not, it's something we can say. It's something we can dream about. It's something that's wonderful to, to spiritually say, I'm just so connected to my body and my heart. They're just, they're just connected. But to practice it is something completely different. And my personality type specifically, I often, even though I, I think I'm very emotionally intelligent, um, just with my psych background, I think I'm, I'm always asking the question, how do I feel? <laughs> so Josh is getting a lot of emotion all of the time. But I can often disconnect the deeper parts of my heart, the deeper tensions, the deeper pains to just power through and get the job done. And so it takes me active, intentional practice. You know, when I'm sitting in the car by myself, if I get that moment, if I'm in the shower, I was going to say by myself, I'm always by myself. Don't worry. That was too much, but we're always by myself. It's we're in these moments where we're by our, when I'm by myself that I just take a breath and ask myself, like, how am I doing? Like, what's, what's going on? How are we feeling? What's going on in our head? What's going on in our life? Who are we mad at? <laughs> Why are we mad at them, Laura? Let's process that. And it takes an intentionality to develop that practice for myself. It's not something that I have that muscle immediately yet. But I feel like this is part of what God is calling us to this year. It's this practice that we would become daily intentional about what's going on. What's, what's going on in my life? What's really happening beneath the surface? We would not just make it a daily, but eventually it would become just like breathing to us. I love this quote. I'm, 
becoming fascinated with John Mark Comer. I'm reading his book, The uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And he says in this book, he says, how we spend our time is how we spend our lives. It's who we become or don't become. How we spend our time is how we spend our lives. It's who we become or don't become. And that phrase, that quote really hit me that our time is who we become. How we spend our days, how we spend our lives is who we are. That's how people describe us when they think about our lives, when they think about introducing us to someone. They're thinking about the trajectory and the story of our life to know if we should be connected with someone. And so if attention then is the governor of our time, attention shapes our becoming. If you can think about time, time is sorted through our attention. What we see is priority. What we see is immediate. What is, what is valuable to us. And so if attention is the governor of our time, if it's the filter of our time, then attention is shaping our becoming or our not becoming. You think about that. Our attention this day translate to who we will become or not become tomorrow. If our days are constantly living us, we're not only not going to live the lives that we actually desire, that we actually feel called to, but we're not going to become who God has called us, dreamed for us, imagined us to become. I think about that beautiful story. I think it was in the prayer of Jabez, and there was a gentleman who was talking about how he passed away and then he went to heaven. And I don't know if it was Jesus who was walking him through the storehouse of boxes. And there were just boxes upon boxes and all of the shelves full. And they had beautiful little red ribbons closing them up. And he looked at all of the boxes and he was like, what's in the boxes? And he opened them up and they were all of the blessings, all of the stories, all of the miracles that he never asked for in life that had just stayed in the storehouse. And I read that as a teenager, and it still rocks me to this day that I don't want to leave anything undone in my life. I don't want to leave anything in that little box that I didn't pay attention enough to encounter God, to ask God for it, to engage God for it. So, the story. This is where it gets dramatic, but not too dramatic because I don't want to over, overstate, you know. But we recently... I recently have really been feeling the Lord calling me to pay attention. And I, I don't know where it was exactly that it started, but it just keeps repeating over and over and over again. And and I don't know what it is, but this word keeps getting repeated over and over again. And I'm seeing it everywhere. I'm seeing it in song titles. I'm seeing it in, um, in lyrics. I'm seeing it in movies. I'm, it's just everywhere. And so I really felt like, okay, Lord, you're, you're calling me to pay attention. You know, you're calling me to, to be aware of something that's in my life right now. So with that has been this slowing down, this realizing that I don't have to go at breakneck speed, but I can go slower in life. And so I'm having this awareness with Jesus. We're processing through things. And it's a Thursday 
of the first week of January. And I'm telling you, I was just, I was just surviving the week. Um, our wonderful nanny had gotten sick, so she had to cancel all three days. So I was on like day four of full-time momming. Okay, Lord, Jesus, take the wheel. Can we just get an amen for that? So I was just in that space. So it comes Thursday and I started getting really congested. So I'm congested and I, I text my husband and it's, I was just like, you know, Hey, can we talk, text our landlords and ask them to have the filters or the, the vents cleaned? And he was like, yeah, we can do that. We can definitely do that, but we should check the filters first. And I'm like, okay, sure. That sounds great. He's like, we'll do that tonight when I get home from work. Great. I don't usually do that. So you can take it, ma'am. So I'm about to text our landlords anyways, because I'm a person that in previous seasons, pre-attention, I just wanted to get things done. I wanted to get the ball rolling. I wanted to move faster. So even if I didn't have all the pieces parts, I just needed to keep moving. I just needed to, to make it happen, right? Like let's get it moving. So I would have just texted them. And then I probably would have put my foot in my mouth later because there'd be pieces that I missed. And then I, or I said something that wasn't like I was missing a term for my husband or something. So this time I stopped and I paid attention. And so I picked up my son and I was like, you know what? We're going to go downstairs and we're going to check this filter situation. We're just going to find it and we're going to check it. So I head down there and as I'm heading down our, our basement steps and I pass through this singular area and I can smell the burning. I can smell, I mean, it's like burning for a long time type burning. So I pass through it. I'm like, that was weird. That was not normal. I've never smelled that before. So I backtrack and I'm looking around and it does not take me long to look up and see a flaming hot red orange wire the fabric wire had completely burned through this half inch section and it had exposed this red hot flaming electrical it's just a heat box underneath and I look at it and I'm like that that doesn't that doesn't look good that doesn't look safe so I immediately call my husband I FaceTime him, which you try FaceTiming in a basement with no cell service, man, with a very hot topic that you need to discuss, literally. So I'm trying to FaceTime him. I'm trying to describe what's happening. He's like, what is going on? And I'm like, I, I think that this is really dangerous. I think this is not good. So he looks at it. He's like, yes, you need to. And my husband's in construction management. So he's been around enough uh, renovation and all of that to know a good amount. So I trust him in his opinion on these things. And he was like, you need to turn off the, uh, all the electrical immediately. So I go to the breaker, which is literally just a couple of steps. I shut down all the power of the entire house. And after that, I saw once the red had gone down the color that it had completely, you could see the ash that had completely melted off of this wire and had exposed the inner part of the wire. So we have this moment, call the landlords. Um, they're so gracious, got someone over immediately within the within the hour actually to to take care of everything. So the electrician is downstairs and I'm just kind of pointing out things, showing him, and you know, I'm still trying to get an idea of like how bad is this, you know? 
And I asked him, like, you know, how far away from a house fire were we? And he was like, you were right there. And he said, if anything had hit that red spot, that inner piece of the wire, your house would have gone up. And crazy enough, our uh, pipe or our um, ventilation from our uh, dryer doesn't connect to the outside wall. It like falls off all the time. So we constantly have lint in the air. And I was just thinking about the reality of that, that we would have this lint in the air and all of a sudden it would hit and it would spark this fire. And then he went on and he said, you were technically there. Like this is technically a house fire in the way that this is exposed. So he says something to me and it just hasn't left me. He says, this is a miracle. And he asks, how did you know to check this? And I looked at him and I knew that I was not going to dance around this. And I said, I'm a Christian and I believe that God brought me down here. And he said, well, it is divine intervention because most people don't find them. They don't find the situation. He goes, it is a miracle that you found it. It is God. And I just think about that moment. You know, we're, we're safe. We're electrical is taken care of. We're fine. And I think it's even hard for me to wrap my head around of we almost had a house fire. Like we were almost that family that was on the news that's like headline Christmas time fire takes down a family's home. Like we were almost that headline. And it's hard for me to wrap my head around, especially because that wire was right underneath my son's room. And it's an old house. It was an old, you know, it was a renovation. And so it's like very thin piece of wood. That's the floor. And then it's carpet and that's it. So it would have gone up in flames very, very quickly. The fact that we caught it was insane. It was truly the Lord. And so it brings me to this point of attention, attention. Like the Lord told me, pay attention. And I don't know why the Lord is saying that metaphorically. I don't know if he's saying it very practically. I don't know if it's a warning. I don't know if it's an invitation. I just know that the Lord is saying, pay attention. Because maybe for you, it's not the looming house fire that's underneath your, your flooring, but maybe there's something else in your life that the Lord is like, pay attention. There's something I need you to see. There's something I need you to connect with. There's something that I need your heart to be connected to your body. There's something that I need you to be fully engaged with in your life. And so as this word is ruminating in my heart and just trying to go through scripture, I do what every Christian does. I Google attention scripture and I find, <laughs> please tell me you do that too. And so I find in this uh, Matthew 6, which is funny because I've been in Matthew so much lately. And and from this, I, I read in Matthew 6, so it starts in verse 19. And I just want to read it little bit by little bit. And it says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves and break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And I, that phrase, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. It hit me like a Mack truck. And there was this weightiness on it to press in. And so I started asking the Lord, what, what is treasure? 
I started processing this. You know, as we think about treasure, it's something of value, right? Like the the value of treasure is that it can buy us something. And the word purchasing power kept coming to me. Like treasure means purchasing power, whether it's buying us approval, connection, stuff, houses, it can buy freedom, it can buy influence, it can buy vacations or the, the allure of rest. It can buy a lot of stuff. It has a lot of purchasing power. And so what we treasure, we think are the things that have purchasing power in our lives. And I started thinking about this, like, what do I treasure? The things that are earthly, that are grounded on earth, like things that scripture says that moth rust can be broken in, it can be stolen, you know, things that can be infected, they can be decaying, they can be influenced by greed. They're just earthly, right? And I started thinking about that, like, what what do I treasure? What do I see as valuable with purchasing power to get me the things that I think will make me happier, more content, more fulfilled? And immediately, I thought of accomplishment. And so my, my train of thought, if you will, is that in my life, I valued hard work. I valued quality of work. So it's working hard, but not working sloppy. It's working to excellence. It's been gold standard. You work really, really hard at an excellent rate so that you can present the best things. It's why in my life I have, I I started thinking about it. I'm like, Laura, you have done so much. Like you have your black belt, almost your second degree black belt in Taekwondo. You have a master's degree. You started a nonprofit. You've written books. You've started ministries. You've, you've done all of these things. And, and everything, every accomplishment was not just for the accomplishment itself, but you really wanted to know that you were okay. You thought that accomplishment could buy you the feeling of being enough, of being connected. You know, I grew up in a really hardworking home. I grew up in a home that really valued work. And, you know, I'm very much like my dad. I, we both, I always think about the phrase, um, one of my dear friends was telling me recently, I've mentioned it on the podcast, but, you know, if you, if your work is with your mind, then rest to you is working with your hands and vice versa. And I'm very much like my dad in that. So he loves to work with his hands. On Saturdays, we love to just do fun projects and we can't really stop. And it's a good thing. It's a bad thing for us. And I think for for me as a young girl, I think I translated that as when you accomplish more, when you do more, it equals connection. It equals being okay. It means that you're enough means that you can pause, that for the moment, you're good. Think about that scripture, well done, good and faithful servant. And I've always associated that with accomplishing a ton. And I started thinking about this treasure of like, man, Lord, I have been heaping up treasures on earth of accomplishments, of doing more. And then I think about the heart, right? The heart for the Jewish culture is not just 
emotions, but it's your desires, it's your passions, it's everything within you. And, and I think about that, that our heart chases our treasure, that my heart, my desires, my inner life runs after where my treasure is. And there was just this illumination in my heart of like, gosh, Lord, I've been putting my treasure, my value, my purchasing power in this accomplishment. And then my heart has just tried to run after it as hard as it possibly can. And so there my body was like running after accomplishment. And my heart was just like running behind like this tiny little thing of like, please just let me catch up. Right. That's, that's my, I guess my heart voice, but and so that was, that was my process with this, was like, holy cow, Lord, this is where I've been at in my life. And so it goes on, but scripture never just stops there, not, not just one mic drop. It's like 20 in a row, right? But you have verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? He ends with this. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And it was just so interesting to me how you have this connection of the value of our treasure, the things that we're running after in life, the things that we think have purchasing power in our life. And our hearts are chasing after it. And then all of a sudden he's, he stops and he says, but the eye is the lamp of the body. So the eye, where your attention goes, will tell you where your heart will follow. So if our eyes are seeing, um, if, if our eyes are seeing opportunity, if they're seeing what's in around, we're interpreting it through the lens of our treasure in our heart. So if we, if what we find valuable, we desire, when we see opportunity to accumulate more, to be more, we will jump on it. I think about this in the perfect explanation of being a workaholic. And I looked up the definition because I'm like, okay, Lord, if we're going to do this, we're just going to get real clear about it. And it's someone who compulsively works hard and long hours. They have an irresistible urge to work. It's like an itch that they can't scratch. And so I was thinking about this, that if I find my job, if I find work valuable, then I'm going to desire it. My heart is going to go after it. And when I see more opportunity around me, to do another project, to write another book, to start another ministry, to do another thing. I'm going to jump on it. I'm going to say yes to it because I have an irresistible urge. I have an itch that I have to scratch, that I have to accumulate that treasure. And I feel like it's it's creating this time, this space in us where we're feeling unfulfilled. We're feeling tapped out. We're feeling like life is living us because we can't catch up to our own heart, to let our heart lead because our heart is firmly planted with the Lord and letting the treasure be rooted in heaven. And so therefore, we're just running after these things that we think have purchasing power in our lives. And the interesting thing is that I feel like there are so many women, and maybe you have said this before, love, where you've said, well, I, I really desire this. I really want this. I want a connected family. 
I want a family that rests. I want a family that, you know, feels this way, or I want this type of job. I want this type of calling. I desire these things. But your treasure is telling a completely different story. You say that you want a heart that is so rested. You talk about that. You talk about Sabbath. You talk about having this dream of a slow living pace. But yet your treasure is telling this story of busy, burnt out, can't stop, can't say no, doesn't know how to do boundaries. And I'm just asking, like, your treasure what is your treasure saying about you? Like your treasure is telling on you. I think about my own life. I can say this because I, I'm literally a a living example of this, that I treasured accomplishment and the people in my life around me gently, delicately tried to tell me like, maybe we can wait on that project. Maybe we don't have to do that right now. Are you really cognizant of your time right now, Laura? And it was like my treasure was telling on me. And it was no wonder why I was hitting the bed every single night, wondering why I had the busy buzz, wondering why my day had escaped me, wondering why I didn't feel any more fulfilled. I felt more tapped out. I felt even more unaccomplished because I was feeding the wrong beast. I was feeding the beast of accomplishment. I was filling the earthly storehouse of, well, if I just pour in, if I plug in another quarter of accomplishment, maybe I'll get the, the big gumball of feeling like I'm fulfilled in my life. If I constantly see the world around me through the lens of my earthly treasure, I will constantly be feeding the beast. And scripture says you can't serve God and money. You think about the, um, the phrase, Pay attention. Pay attention. And I had this this phrase of like, gosh, Lord, we're paying our attention to all the wrong things. We're paying our attention to things that are just missing the mark. And I think that's what he was talking about. You know, that you can't serve God and money. Like money is like, is what we value. It's the treasure, right? Like we can't serve our earthly treasure and God. We can't serve our accomplishment. We can't serve our need for codependency. We can't serve our need to be busy all the time, to show that we've got all of our stuff together, to to praise perfectionism. We can't serve that and God at the same time. And this, this phrase kept hitting me is that if my attention is currency, then the enemy is robbing us blind. I'm going to say that again. If attention is currency, then the enemy is robbing us blind. You think about the power of that statement. If I am paying my attention to the wrong things, the enemy is robbing us. He is blinding us. He is numbing us. He is getting us to go down paths that we don't need to go down. We are caught in debt for earthly costs, for earthly payments. And I just think about lines down from from this scripture. So we ended at Matthew 24. And later in, in verse 33, it says, but seek first the kingdom but seek first the kingdom. I was thinking about the word kingdom, like 
Lord, okay, so if heavenly treasures are different than earthly treasures, then what is your kingdom? What is an, a heavenly treasure? And I just thinking about your reign, God, like what you have accomplished, like that the cross was the ultimate connector, that you were the one that paid for victory. You were the one that paid for us to be seated in heavenly places. You were the one that paid for us to have peace, to have rest, to have peace of mind. You were the one that paid for the restoration of our souls. You were the one that paid for freedom from addiction. You are the one who paid for life in place of death. You are the one who paid for these things. Seek first the kingdom. Because when you really think about it, what can we take from this lifetime? Not much. And if I keep heaping up my storehouse where moth and rust and thieves come in and destroy and steal, what am I accumulating? And you think about the intangible nature of heavenly treasures. It's salvation. It's the fruit of the spirit. It's you think about grace and you think of mercy. You think about these eternal parts of our faith. The legacy of our of our lineage, the value of relationships that we would tell stories that transform us into the likeness of Christ. Those are things that last. I think about my my life and this accomplishment, treasure, and, you know, so much of, so many of my behaviors, the Lord has been showing me just little by little how so many of my behaviors that I thought were benign were actually rooted in the attempt to connect. They were rooted in this desire to be known, to be seen, to know I'm okay. Even going to Starbucks. My mom and I used to, every single day, go after school, we would go get a 7-Eleven coffee. It was just like good gas station coffee. Mine was like half sugary, hot chocolate. And now to me, I didn't even realize that when I was going to Starbucks so often in the season of motherhood, it wasn't that I wanted the coffee. It was that I wanted connection. And I was just paying out all this money to fill a need that I didn't even know that I had. I think that's what we mean when I when I mean when I'm talking about this earthly treasure versus the heavenly treasure. You know, am I just paying out and not paying attention to my life, to the nuances of my life? When really there's just this deeper need, there's this deeper connection. And you know what's so cool? Is that as I process this, I want coffee less and less. There are days when I think about Starbucks and I'm like, that kind of makes me want to gag. I, I don't want it. And for someone who is borderline addicted, having that freedom has been so crazy. And it's because it wasn't about the sugar. It was about the connection. I think this season, this 2024 season, it's like this moment of the fire. You know, are we going to pay attention to our lives? Are we going to see what God wants us to see? Are we going to embrace the life that is around us? The craziest part, so just a few days ago, I was 
just sitting with the Lord. I was listening to some worship in my office, just here in the room. If you can, if you're on YouTube, you can see. And I was processing this whole attention message. I was just thinking through it even more deeply. And that phrase, gosh, that phrase that the electrician said to me, how did you know? How did you know to check this? And I just think about, like, I, don't, I just feel the Holy Spirit on that. Like, I want to be a people that would be, how did you know people? That I, I think back to these moments of my life when I felt the Holy Spirit so profoundly, that I felt connected to my life. I felt present. I felt fiercely present, right? And it, were, it was these moments of like, how did you know that it was the Spirit of God awakening my senses, allowing me to be alert and attentive to my life, and then seeing him work through me. And I was reminded in that moment, just that of how did you know moment. And I had flashbacks of being in churches and in Sunday uh, messages and um, being in these in a restaurant, even when we were back in Ohio City in Cleveland and my husband and I, and there's just these moments of me being in these mundane, ordinary moments, but then the Holy Spirit would come and he would give me a word or he would say something to me about the waitress or the waiter or another person who was rose over from me or the worship leader. And and all of a sudden I would be attentive to what God was doing and I would see him work and I would go give the word and I would tell these people, this is what God says, or I submit it to you to do whatever. And they would just look at me like, how did you know? And these are things that I would have missed if I wouldn't have been paying attention. If accomplishment had kept me on that busy buzz of just go faster, just move on to the next thing. If they can't give anything to you, then move along. If I had stayed on that train and I hadn't have just been present, I would have missed it. Moments that are profoundly beautiful, that are right in front of me. I was just reminded of moments on my family's boat at night, looking at the stars with my dad. It's just the sheer weight of eternity that you feel on your heart. Paying attention isn't always a warning. and It's not always a directive to go do something. Sometimes it's just, hey, just pay attention because you're feeling something, right? And that's the beauty of eternity in the human heart. I think this is the year when our hearts and our souls say, I'm tired, we actually listen. When your kids are begging you to play, that you actually stop and you play. When your anxiety kicks in and it's telling you to take a break, we actually take a break. When the Lord is whispering in the still small voice. We would take note and we would listen. 2024 is the year to pay attention. It's the year when we become wildly aware of what God is doing. And we see the beautiful moments that are in front of us. And we stop numbing out. We stop 
letting our lives live us and we actually start living life. This is the beauty of 2024. It's going to be the hardest work, but it's going to be so profoundly rewarding. I want us to become you and I. How did you know people? That we would have stories at the end of this year where people would continually say, how did you know? How did you know I needed that flower? How did you know I needed that meal? How did you know I needed to be played with? How did you know I needed a hug? How did you know that about my life? How did you know to pray for me? And it would be because we have so shored up the secret place with the Lord. We have just submitted our hearts to be aware, not numbed out. To be available for whatever he has. I don't know about you, but I'm done running the rat race. Paying debts to the enemy that will never buy fulfillment. I'm ready to become a woman that is a how-did-you-know leader. I want to pray for us. Man, I'm getting like snotty over here. My goodness. Okay. So I want to pray for us. And if this is for you, would you direct message me? Would you leave a beautiful little review? Uh, that really helps. And it just is so encouraging, honestly. Like it's it's a bold act to release your voice and to release things week after week and just hearing from you that it's meaningful. It's just really powerful. So I'm going to pray, but I want to say this first. I just want to take a minute and invite you to be a part of something. If this message has really hit home, if this is a place where you find yourself, where you're like, man, just all of these things that you've described is just spot on to my life right now. You are reading my mail. You have been in my home you were in my car probably yesterday because I was feeling all these things. If this is you, I encourage you to check out our brand new releasing literally on the Wednesday this podcast episode is being released, self-guided mini course. So that's right. On our Ruah and Ember event space, like a virtual event space that we just opened up. We have some workshops on there coming up. Um, I wanted to do this little mini journey for us, a journey of becoming wildly aware. That's the course name. It's called Wildly Aware. And subtitle is Becoming Fiercely Present. And so it's a three-stop journey. We're going to go through, we're going to unpack this, this message that I talk about in the podcast a little bit more, give you some practical application and there's three lessons with it. You're going to have some assignments. They're going to be so good. It's so powerful. I am so excited about this. And it's only seven bucks. So not only do you get this amazing content that you're like, okay, this is kickstarting me to becoming um, just fiercely present in my life. Then it also just helps bless the podcast. It helps bless this ministry, you know, I, I don't get paid to do this. Not yet. Jesus, we're praying, we're hoping. Um, and it's just little acts of faith that I'm just like putting content out there um, for you to, to invest in that helps this ministry to keep going. So I would encourage you to take a look at that. It's in the show notes. You can click on that. It's called Wildly Aware, 
becoming fiercely present. And I think you're going to really love it. So check that out. It's in the show notes. Um, It's available now and it's self-guided. So you can do it however your heart desires. So we're going to pray and then we're going to close this out. So I just want you to take a deep breath. Lord, I just thank you that, gosh, like your grace just meets us exactly where we're at. Father, I thank you for this woman listening. I thank you for this man listening. I thank you for this person that has just become fiercely um, aware of her unawareness, of his, his unawareness. Lord, I thank you that there's just your grace in this to become someone who pays attention to what you're doing. Father, I pray that you would bless, you would bless them, Lord. Jesus, we pray that there would be a new grace, a fresh grace on this year, on this month. Father, that we wouldn't any longer feel like our our days are living us that our lives are living us, that we're getting rung through the, um, the, you know, tractor. I think about like the grain sorter, that the ones that are like heavy machinery and, um, it's just very violent. And I feel like that's kind of you, like you feel like you get put in this machine and you get spit out at the end of the day, more exhausted, more frazzled, more up in pieces. And, and I just feel like that's not the life that you're made for. And Lord, we ask that you would give us a new way, a fresh way of living. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to invade our hearts and our lives this year, that you would open up our eyes, that you would unplug our ears, that you would soften our hearts, that you would make our hands available, Lord. And even in that, I feel like there's in every one of those things, Lord, there's an action. Like if we're going to open our eyes, it means that we are no longer blind. It means that we're no longer asleep. It means that we're no longer turning our attention to things that you actually want us to pay attention to, that we are actually opening to, to not see what, um, yeah, to not see darkness anymore or to not be focusing and fixating on things that are sparkly and beautiful, but we're actually seeing what you've called us to see. And you're opening up our ears, you're, you're removing the stoppers, Lord. And if there are, uh, I don't know if there's areas of disobedience in our lives, Lord, or if there's something that they've just kind of, I don't know, love. I just feel like you've been like, had your fingers in your ears of like, la la la, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. And it hasn't even been a selfish tantrum. It's just been something of like, I just, I don't, I can't hear one more thing. And Lord, we just ask that there would be a grace in like removing the plugs from their ears. And I just pray that there would be this beautiful symphony of life. Lord, that the cacophony of loud, violent noises would be redeemed. The sound of children, the sounds of our homes, the sounds of our neighborhoods, even like the complaint of the the church music is too loud. You know, all the noises that we've deemed as like violent and like atrocious to our hearts. Father, I pray that you would make them a beautiful symphony. That you would make the cacophony that's hurting our heart. Now it would actually become this beautiful melody. May we hear the cries and the laughter and the loudness of our children differently. 
maybe hear life differently. Lord, if you want to use our hands for things, it means that we have to maybe remove things that have already been in there. I think about the episode of the one settling for less, you know, that we are holding on death grip to things and then you're asking us to let go to make room for more. Lord, may we not settle gripping for dear life onto things that are less. Father, I pray that you would work in our hearts. We just pray that you would reveal the hardness. And I I just feel like even, um, I think about when you put water outside in the cold, and it turns to ice. And I think about that with your heart, that it went from, you know, warm and squishy and wet, and you put it out in the cold, and it gradually just got harder and harder. And I feel like for you, it's been this slow, gradual hardening of your heart, maybe towards the Lord, towards dreaming, towards life, towards people. And I just feel like it's not going to be like microwave, all of a sudden you feel you're going to have a soft heart. I think that could happen. I think that the Lord can do that. He can do a miracle in a moment. But I just feel like the grace for you is that it would gradually warm up. And it's just like someone who's been, you know, really, really cold outside. You you come in and you sit by the fire and you gradually defrost. <laughs> it's like being a snowboarder all day. You know, you, you come inside, you sit by the fire and you gradually warm up again. You gradually feel your toes again. You gradually feel your fingertips again. And I just feel like there's a grace in this season to know that you don't have to change immediately overnight. It's going to be a process, a slow warming up back to life. Jesus, I thank you for that. Father, I just declare over us, Lord, that we are how-did-you-know people. Lord, that you would have your voice be so clear, it's like crystal clear that you would have our eyes so fixed on you that our hearts would be so intent on your presence that, that we would want nothing more, nothing less, nothing else, but then to follow you and to see what you see in the rooms around us. Lord, I pray that we would have eyes to see the people who need ministered to, that we would see needs before people even say that they're needs. We pray that you would bring people in our dreams to us, Lord, that we would be people who are wildly aware of what your spirit is doing in our midst and in our lives. And we just ask that you would invade our hearts to a whole nother level, Jesus, that you would invade our lives, Lord, that we are a surrendered sacrifice to you, Jesus. We thank you that 2024 is a year when we submit ourselves to you and we say, make me your vessel because I am wildly determined to become fiercely present in your presence, Jesus to make your name known and your glory upon this earth. Jesus, we thank you that you are, per, you, are, yeah, you are pursuing this one listening. Lord, you have your mark on their life. You have prepared them. You have planted them. You are pursuing them, Lord. And I just pray that the grace would fall upon them, Lord, to fall at your knees, to fall on their knees before you, to encounter you in a whole new way that rocks their world. 
We thank you, Jesus, that you are good, that you give us these sweet words of invitation. And may this year truly be the year when they pay attention. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. So, that was the one. Woo! Yeah. For the one becoming fiercely present. I pray that it blessed you. If it did, like I said, write a review, direct message me, email for the one at lauradudek.com. And make sure you check out that new e-course. So excited, wildly aware, a journey to becoming fiercely present. So you can check that out in the show notes and we will see you